Come be a part of the Tea Party with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board Doc Holliday's Tea Party right now. It's only a click away. Well, hey, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. It's good to have you back. I'm your host, Ed Holliday. You're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net, and we're glad to have you back because we got another great show this week. So much is packed into there that we we don't know how we're going to get it all in, but we will within the next 30 minutes. So listen up. We first got to tell you about what we got going on in the news. There's a couple items we've got to get to. We never have enough time to cover everything we love to, but we're going to hit a couple items real hard that you need to know about from our perspective. Then, this is the week we've been talking about. Yes, the Republican nomination for the presidency of the United States. The, the race is heating up. We don't know everybody who's going to jump in, but we do know this. Here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party, we're going to take a unique approach. No one else will do it like we're doing it. We're taking each candidate one by one, and we're going to do it in a unique way of looking at them and as they prepare to run, some of them may not run, but we're going to look at all the potential candidates we have. And this week we start out with Sarah Palin, so we'll start that in just about 10 minutes. So listen up for that. Then, this week's Rock of Liberty speech. Wow, I got something to say that most people would not say. It needs to be said because it's the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So that's coming up on the Rock of Liberty speech as we get ready toward the end of the show. Now, before we get started, let me just let everybody know and remind you that the Tea Party Review magazine is out. The inaugural issue is out. It was a big hit at CPAC, and you can go uh, get your subscription right now. Just click on the banner on Doc Holliday's Tea Party or go to my website, www.teaparty.ms. That's www.teaparty.ms. And you can go right to the site, sign up, get your subscription. Uh, if you want to, uh, another site you go to is www.doc.teapartyreview.com. And uh, we're hoping that the listeners on this show will help click on and help pay for this show, help pay for our sponsors. And we're going to see a great magazine kicked off because it's very important for the Tea Party movement to have its own publication. Nationwide magazine, they'll let you know what's going on. You'll have the news from the Tea Party's point of view, not the mainstream media's point of view. So let's make this magazine successful. It's already successful because it's out, and it's getting great reviews all over the place. So remember, click, click that on the banner and check it out. Now, let's get to some of the news. What's going on in Wisconsin? Wow. Every day, something different. We got uh, Governor uh, Scott Walker standing strong. And uh, everybody's saying trying to bust the unions. He's just trying to help the taxpayer. We got all these teachers and other uh, government workers who are paying more than $1,000 a year for dues to pay for somebody to make sure the taxpayer's not represented at the negotiating table. Well, I tell you one thing. I love teachers. I love state workers. We've got to have them. But you cannot run a government when you don't have representatives of the taxpayers. These are the people paying the taxes. And when you got a deficit, when you got a you got a, a just a progression of years that goes into making these uh, rules and ways to negotiate, and it's not working, folks. We're in a deficit. 
in a, on a national level, on many state levels, and it's time we got to look at things differently. There was a place in this nation at one time for strong unions. I'm telling you, now is not the time to have uh, unions making decisions. It's not the time for unions to be making decisions on what taxpayers have to pay. It's the taxpayers' duty to make decisions. It's we the people. And that includes you. As you're, if you're a teacher, if you're part of a union, that includes you. But you've got to let the taxpayers help make the decisions on what they're paying. Now, stand strong with Governor Scott Walker. Uh, he is standing strong. And as of the recording of this show, we don't know exactly which way it's going to go. But I'm telling you, when the Democrats leave the state, so they cannot do their duty. I tell you, if I was a voter, I would never vote for that person. Again, you vote and pay a salary for him to go to work, and he leaves the state, or she leaves the state. It's time to dump them. I'm telling you, I would dump them. I'd be ashamed if they were my representative and wouldn't even show up for work. Uh, wow, so much more I need to talk about on that. And what's going on in Ohio? The new governor, Governor Casey. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things going on in Ohio. Is it important? Newsworthy story. Is it important? That's the question. Yes, it is. Because the state of Ohio is unlike most states. I'm telling you that because if you go into Ohio, and I have friends there, friends grew up there, and the Ohio is so unique because really, literally, you have the whole nation packed in Ohio. What I mean by that? I mean when you look at the Electoral College, you look at the uh, political makeup, you got places in southern Ohio, you got places like Cincinnati, uh, Dayton, places that could very much be a southern city, even though they're up north in Ohio. They're, they think politically conservatively, and then you also got people just like they're from uh, a liberal state like Massachusetts and Toledo and, and, uh, and other places like Cleveland. Think completely differently. That's why Ohio is so unique and so important when it comes to presidential elections. And you better believe both parties are going to be watching what's going on in Ohio. Having a Republican governor and you Republican congressman is very important. And there will be uh, the Senate seat, Senator Sherrod, uh, uh, to be up for election, a Democrat there in Ohio in 2012. A lot of things riding on Ohio. Start preparing now. I'm telling you, if you've got friends in Ohio, tell them to get ready for 2012. Must start preparing now. Very important state. We need to watch what's going on. And that's the news. Wow, time is just moving on. And I got to get to uh, a couple more items. And one of the items I want to talk about is uh, a sad note, but a very good note to realize uh, the last living World War I veteran dies last week, a couple weeks ago now, age 110. Uh, his name was Frank Buckles, and he is or was the last surviving veteran of the World War I. In fact, he, he was too young to get in. He lied about his age. He's 16 and a half, but got in the military, and now he has passed away the era of World War I. Uh, is over the, as far as any living memory. And I just want to salute the family of Frank Buckles, Frank Buckles himself, and once again to all veterans everywhere and families, thank you. We salute you for protecting 
America for putting your life on the line, for being willing to put your life on the line for your country. God bless you. God bless Frank Buckles, 110 years old, last living veteran from World War One, And that's the last in the world. I believe there's no Germans, no British, no French. He was the last living uh, veteran from World War One in the entire world as far as we know. So thank you. Now, let's move on in this. This is it. We're getting down to the presidential election for uh, 2012. Of course, we got President Obama on the Democratic side. But who will be opposing President Barack Obama? Very good question. Very good question. If you want to check out an article I did on that, you can go to www.mainstreetjournal.com. There's an article in that online magazine that uh, I spell out like a race that uh, is starting to heat up and everybody's kicking their tires and revving their engines. And, and, I, and it's a good article. You read that. Go into MainStreetJournal.com. Now, let me tell you about what we're going to do at Doc Holliday's Tea Party. In a unique way, we're going to look at this race for the Republican nomination. You won't see it done anywhere else like we're going to do it on Doc Holliday's Tea Party because you, you, the Tea Party activist, you are running. I'm going to let you be in the race for the Republican nomination. We're going to look at things from your point of view and you are running. Now, I hope with all my political consultation that when you win the nomination, you'll let me be your VP, all right? But uh, let's go right to what we're going to talk about today. Sarah Palin, former governor of the state of Alaska, tell me, if you're running for the Republican nomination, what do you fear about Sarah Palin? We're going to ask you what you fear and what you look forward to in a race against Sarah Palin. So what do you fear? Number one, she can attract crowds. She is like a lightning rod. She is like a rock star. She can collect money. She can raise money. She brings people together where she meets. That's a fear. Can you do that? Can a Tea Party activist do that? Can somebody else running for president bring people together like Sarah Palin? Good question. Now, let's talk about her... Uh, experience she was the governor of alaska but she did not finish out her term as you remember after the run for the vice presidential nomination under uh, uh, john mccain she went back to alaska and went too much longer before she resigned the governorship and after sarah palin resigned the governorship she went on a book tour and promoting books and speaking engagements and she was a hot ticket because she could command a hundred thousand dollars speaking fee and sometimes more than that and her books sold like hotcakes and she has become a conservative phenomena now that begs the question will she run uh, she can attract money and voters and get people excited about conservative ideas. Will she run? Now, I think as Ann Coulter, someone said, why would she want to be president? She has more influence now in her position that she has. And, you know, in many cases, in, in a lot of uh, uh, sense of the word, that is true. She has more power than the president than if she was president. Because she can influence so many people to get things done. So there is a, some 
idea people out there thinking, why would she want to run? Because she got a good thing going. If she chose to run, she could never go back to the position she is at this point. She could always have a another row and do what she's doing. But I think once she gets in a race, then if she doesn't come out victorious, she will always lose a little bit of that luster that she has now. So she has a big decision to make. Now, I ask you, you know, what would you fear if you're a candidate? Now, if you're running against Sarah Palin, there are some things that you would like to see happen. One thing Governor Chris Christie mentioned that she needs to come out of her, if she wants to run, she needs to come out of her protected environment. Now, I don't have any uh, misgivings about why she's in a protected envir environment now. The media comes after her. They absolutely attack her without mercy on things she says or if she makes a mistake. Like everybody, anybody who speaks in public will make mistakes. You'll hear them here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. I'm not above making a mistake. I guarantee you that. But I do want you to know that if Sarah Palin is running and you are running as the Tea Party activist, one thing you want to do is get Sarah Palin engaged. Get her in debates. Get her talking. Right now, what Chris Christie was talking about, Governor Christie was saying she needs to get out of her protected environment. As you know, she will only speak at certain places, and she will only pretty much get to know us through Facebook. If you check uh, anything, trying to get in contact with Sarah Palin, you have to go through Facebook or her, uh, her, the way things are set up with her uh, Sarah Pack. And she keeps it very limited, and therefore well, she needs to get out and shake it up. And she needs to shake some hands, and she needs to get out where, uh, where the, the people are happening and and if she's going to run, she'll have to do that. And if she does, then that's your opportunity as a candidate to engage her on the issues, see how deep she goes. One of the misgivings that people have about Sarah Palin is how deep is she? How shallow is her thinking? We don't know exactly if she has what it takes to go in a deep level of thinking to be a Chief Executive Officer of the United States of America. We'd like to know that for sure. Even though she was the vice presidential nominee, we never were uh, cleared up on that issue, on many of the things. You don't have to be a rocket scientist in every field, but you want to know, people want to know, Americans want to know how you would manage people, who would you surround yourself with, and see your temperament in those situations. And so that's where she would have to come out. Now, I'll say this for Sarah Palin. I did get to meet her in person. Uh, I've talked to you in the earlier uh, uh, archives. You can go back and listen to the Glenn Beck rally in 828. Uh, I did get to meet her on stage right after that rally. And she is a very beautiful candidate if she becomes a candidate. She's a very, uh, very presence-minded person. She knows that if people are looking, she knows how to look very, should I say it? She looks presidential in many aspects. When she talks, she can be very polite. She can be very blunt. Uh, when I got to meet her, she was in a very polite mode. A lot of people were talking to her. And it was just really pleasant to see her work the crowd. So she has some unique ability that draws people to her. She is like a rock star at conservative settings. I mean, people come to her, they're excited by what she has to say, 
and she has a strength that very few people have. Now, would that get her to the Republican nomination? And if she got the Republican nomination, can she win the election? If you're the Tea Party activist running for president of the United States, and you are on this show, then I'm telling you, we'll have to wait and see if she jumps in the race. And we do have some good strategy we can use if she decides to jump in the race so that you, the Tea Party activist, can make sure you are elected. So that's what we have to say about Sarah Palin. And saying that, let me go and tell you right now that you are listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. I'm your host, Ed Holliday. You're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. we got the Rock of Liberty speech coming up very soon. But before we get to the Rock of Liberty speech, let me remind you, you can go to my website at www.teaparty.ms. And there's been several in this uh, last couple of weeks have been ordering the book, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution. I realize there's a lot of new listeners out there, and some of you don't realize I've written a book about my Tea Party experience, and not only that, about America, the founding of America. It's all wrapped up in Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution. You can pick that book up at my website, www.teaparty.ms, and there uh, we can get it shipped out to you. Just go there. You can order it right there online. Other books that uh, we have essays in and a uh, and I also wrote a book called The 21st Century Great Awakening that's available. So uh, check out those books right there on uh, www.teaparty.ms. Be glad if you order any of those and just check out some of the things we've done with the Tea Party movement. And I'm so glad that you're listening to this show, Doc Holliday's Tea Party. Be sure to tell your friends and neighbors to put it on their favorites list to listen to it. And we're glad that we had an ad right there in the first Tea Party Review magazine. And people, are, some of you are listening for the first time. We thank you for that because, again, we have unique uh, positions and unique uh, sayings right here on this show. You won't hear anywhere else. And it's coming up on the Rock of Liberty speech real soon, something that nobody else will say, nobody else has heard. You're going to hear it this week on just a couple minutes. Before we do that, let me tell you, because we're talking about the Republican nomination potential candidates, there is one person is a potential candidate for the uh, office of uh, president from the, for the Republican nomination, and that person has a unique personal endorsement for the office he's running for from none other than President Ronald Reagan. The Gipper himself personally endorses this candidate. Who would that be? You think about that. I'm going to tell you right after the Rock of Liberty speech. And now, let me get to the Rock of Liberty speech. You know when we do the Rock of Liberty speech, we can get real excited, we can get loud, we can get uh, quiet, and we can get soft. And there's a lot of things we need to talk about. But there's something that really, really hit home. Then a couple weeks ago, three things happened that uh, are going to change the face of American politics, I believe. Now, how quick and how fast, I don't know. But let me tell you about... Let me set this uh, scene of what happened, uh, three things that happened a couple of weeks ago that mostly went, they, they went reported, but nobody put the pieces together. But I want to tell you about what happened in 1964. You know, when uh, 
none other than Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, came up to the, the steps at the Lincoln Memorial and gave his great I Have a Dream speech. Before he was, came up, he was introduced as the moral leader of our nation. And ever since the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., America, and especially black America, has been searching for leaders. They've had leaders. But I ache to find the moral leadership. The moral leadership of black America, to me, failed the black population a couple of weeks ago. Let me tell you what happened. Three things happened that I need to tell you about. Number one. In New York City, some of you may have seen this, some of you may have not. You can check it on the internet, but they, there was a large ad on the side of a building. Very large ad. Had a beautiful picture of a beautiful black child, probably oh, three years old, three, four years old. And underneath there, they had some words that upset some people. Those words said, the most dangerous place for an African-American child is that it's mother's womb, W-O-M-B. Did you get that? The most dangerous place for an African-American child is in its mother's womb. Wow. And they say in New York City, almost, it's up in the 40, 43, 44%, meaning almost one out of every two pregnancies in New York City ends in abortion in the black population. Wow. And why? Why am I upset? What about the black authority, the black leadership, the mainstream media who uh, calls the black leaders of our nation forward and asks them certain questions? When this happened, what did they do? Did they, they get upset about the message? Did they do something about the message that one out of every two black babies in New York City, almost one out of every two, are aborted? No. They got upset at the messenger. The people who put up such a, such a billboard for people to see. Reverend Al Sharpton and others promised to protest if they didn't take it down. The billboard was taken down. It upset. It upset some people. It upset them. Oh, my it should have, but they should have said, what's going on that one out of every two black children are being aborted in New York City and instead of being upset about children being killed in their mother's womb? <laughs> oh, my. They said, take the message down. They stuck their heads in the sand and they said, don't let us hear such truth. Strike one. Strike one for that mainstream media's black leadership. They couldn't handle the truth. Now, what else happened? The de facto leader of black America now is the president of the United States. There's nobody has more power anywhere in the world than the president of the United States, our first black president. Now, what did he do? The same week, the very same week, he came forward and said that he had instructed his Department of Justice, Attorney General Holder, and others, to not, N-O-T, to not enforce 
the Defense of Marriage Act, which was passed in the mid-90s by huge Martians, by Senate and House, and signed into law by President Clinton. And President Obama has stood forward and said he would not enforce it. Instead of the executive branch enforcing the law, he said that even though Congress passed it, Another president signed it into law, basically said, I don't care what Congress did. He looked at the Supreme Court and said, you don't have to worry about this. I've already declared it unconstitutional. What kind of power grab is that? What kind of message is that? When you teach your children, you don't have to have a mother and a father. Wow. In black congregations across America, I've heard black preachers preach strong on the word of God. Stay in, stay in uh, together with uh, robust togetherness. They're, they would stay and say, we don't need gay marriage in America. It was in California, of all places, the predominantly black churches stood strong as they voted for President Obama. In 2008, they also voted to make sure gay marriage was banned. The black church stood strong on what they perceived as the word of God. And the President of the United States said, whatever you believe in, I'm telling you, it's unconstitutional. Now, he was elected President of the United States. He was not appointed to the Supreme Court. We have separation of powers. We've got the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. President Obama just, in that one swoop, acted in all three branches. Where is the separation of powers? Where are the black preachers now? There's a verse in the Bible that really always, always concerns me. Never really fully understand it because I grew up in a Christian home with a loving mother and father. But it always disturbed me when Jesus said these words, said, I will come and I will divide families, mother against children, father against son. And I never quite understood that. And now, because what President Obama has done, I'm starting to understand, because he's going into the black communities where the clergy, the black pastors, who stand strong on the word of God, who stood strong in California and across the nation, saying marriage is between one man and one woman, and now the President of the United States, who many of them love and adore, he's saying what you believe in is wrong. It's unconstitutional. It's wrong. And now we see what Jesus meant when he said he would divide families. The people who love and cherish President Obama have got to decide now between the words of the Bible and the words of their president. It wasn't the Republicans that put this on them. It's not the Republicans who are trying to divide them. It's not the Tea Party group that's trying to divide them, the President of the United States says, stand with me and against marriage between one man and one woman. Now, all over our nation, people who believe in the Bible and the African-American community, the African-American faith community, are being forced to decide, will they stand up for what the Bible says or will they stand up for what the President of the United States says? It's a dilemma that President Barack Obama has invited because he feels like people love him so much they'll do whatever he says. We'll see. 
I call that strike two. Now, the mainstream media's picked for black leaders, and everyone knows who we're talking about. It's just the Jesse Jacksons. It's the Al Sharptons. It's all these people for years have tried to take the mantle of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Nobody's measured up. And now, after this week I'm talking about, I feel like all the past Martin Luther King wannabes in the black community have just been washed down the drain for their lack of standing up. And that is strike three. Where is black leadership standing strong on moral principles like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would do? I believe they're all gone. They've gone down the drain. So where does that leave us? This is what I'm telling you. It leaves us with a new black leadership with moral authority for righteousness, for standing on principle, for standing strong, just like Martin Luther King Jr. said. We're going to see soon and very soon right there in the mall area of Washington, D.C. We'll have a Baptist mentor, a uh, Baptist preacher's uh, statue carved into stone commemorating the words and the life and the power and the moral authority of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And looking at the failure of the black leadership of today, the mainstream media's king wannabes, I just have to say, law, hope is not lost because they are black Americans who stand strong on the word of God. They stand strong on principles. And there's no better person to take up the mantle than the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That's Dr. Alveda King. I believe the seeds have been planted because the, black, the mainstream leaders of black America have failed the black community. They refuse to stand up for moral principles and therefore they've lost their standing. There's the Old Testament story of the king, the first king of Israel, King Saul, said the Lord was with him. And then during his kingship, the Lord removed his spirit. The spirit of the Lord was taken from King Saul. And King David was one of the greatest kings of the Old Testament, came to power. I believe it's a, it's a power shift. You look what's going on in uh, the Middle East and the dictators are losing control. Black America has been run by, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, very much like the dictators in the Middle East. But the times are changing. Dr. Alveda King, watch what she does. Watch what she says. She's not alone. She surrounded herself with other strong leaders, Dr. Uh, Harry Jackson, Bishop Harry Jackson, Jr. And also there's a Dean Nelson. I can name them on and on. She has surrounded herself with people of principle, men and women who stand strong on what they know as biblical principles. They will not back down. And you will see, I'm telling you, I don't know the timing, but you will see a rise of a new black leadership in America. People willing to stand on principles. And that is the Rock of Liberty speeches you won't hear anywhere else, any other station, any other show, we're saying it here tonight. For this week, 
You've just heard something you won't hear anywhere else. And that's the Rock of Liberty speech. I look forward to seeing the rise of new black leadership in America that will stand on moral principles and live moral principles and lead a people of promise into the promised land. And that's all America. We need to make it to the promised land. We've got to have moral leaders to stand by the side and to follow. And we're going to get some new leaders coming. It's coming. I can't tell you when, but it is coming. Hallelujah. Woo. Okay. The time to finish up here now. I told you before we started the Rock of Liberty speech, there is one potential candidate running for the Republican nomination who has a personal endorsement from President Ronald Reagan, the Gipper himself. You know who that is? Has anybody guessed it? Anybody figured it out? Well, there is a, and you can probably find it on the internet somewhere, but President Ronald Reagan in the early 80s uh, did a commercial or a, 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 an endorsement for now Governor Haley Barber of Mississippi. He was running for a Senate seat back in the early 80s against a longtime Democrat incumbent. And in Mississippi, you just never voted against an incumbent back in the 80s. And, of course, Governor Barber lost. But he still has the endorsement of President Ronald Reagan. Will that help him? I don't know. But it is pretty neat to have the Gipper speaking up for you on a, a television ad. So you can check that out on the Internet. And, uh, and I'm telling you, we have got some fun things to look forward to next week. Next week's show, we'll talk about the president, potential presidential candidate, Herman Cain. And some of you may not know a whole lot about Herman Cain, but I'm telling you, uh, we need to watch this man. He's got some strong conservative principles, and he can get our crowd fired up, and everybody in the Tea Party movement has heard Herman Cain, I'm pretty sure. And we've got some good things to dive into next week to see if you're running against Herman Cain, what should you be concerned about? So listen to us next week. Always glad to have you listening. God bless you. And next week's show will be exciting. See you next week. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You can order Ed's book, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.